Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Roger Clark. Hey, Roger, how are you? Hi, Bant. Good to be with you. It's great to have you here. So, Roger is the co-owner of PS Furniture, which is a company that has been around for quite a while, since 1919. Uh, focused on the flexible commercial furniture space. Um, we'll talk a little bit about how that company has evolved over the years and, and what they're working on now. But before we get into PS Furniture and what you're doing there, Roger, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Well, Ben, I, I uh, graduated from college in 1982. I went to work in a, in a kind of a specialty area of the insurance industry. And in the, in the course of that, I became acquainted with people that were product managers for companies like General Foods and, and the like. And I decided to go to business school. I chose Northwestern to, to basically pivot my career uh, into brand management or product management. And from there, I went to Johnson & Johnson and stayed at J&J for a while. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, J&J, &J, I worked with them uh, as, a, as an agency person for many, many years. Uh, so great, great company and certainly a great place to get a solid foundation on all areas of marketing. And that's probably benefited you well as you've pivoted into new things. So tell me the shift into PS Furniture and what you guys are, are working on there. Well, the, so so the furniture industry is is. Uh, actually interesting and uh, niche, if you will, um, without regard to the German philosopher. Um, it's, it's the commercial furniture side is very channel oriented. And by that, I mean a distributed channel. So you have manufacturers reps and the manufacturers reps have relationships with many dealers and the dealers have many relationships with end users. Uh, it also tends to be uh, metropolitan focused. So while you have some companies that are larger, most are less than a few hundred million dollars in sales. So they're not huge companies. They tend to be, you know, you'll have a couple large ones in Chicago, a couple large ones in New York and so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, so it's evolved a lot. So tell me the types of products that you guys have at PS Furniture and the types of solutions that you guys are providing. Well, our history was we started, the company started out as an event furniture company, supplying products like tables and chairs and portable this and portable that to event companies, which would, which would take them out of their warehouse, put them into a truck, roll them out onto the site, set them up, put them away. Um, so we are, our origin was portable, stackable, storable. Mm -hmm. And we took that and moved it in originally into the hotel market. Um, and for various reasons, decided that wasn't ideal for us. And then beginning in the early 2010s, we pivoted to what's called the contract furniture market, which is 
where companies like Steelcase and Herman Miller reside. Right. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, anybody who's gone through the process of kind of rethinking a workspace has has heard those types of companies and heard those names. And it has been a great time to think about commercial furniture and consider it in a new way. I suppose we're now facing a new challenge with like hybrid work and all of those types of things as well. I mean, tell us a little bit about the marketplace in general and what's happening in the commercial market. Well, in the recent in the recent past, the 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 focus was on teaming, right? This was pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. benching, teaming. Essentially, you didn't necessarily have your own. They, to go back in time to when I started uh, after business school, everybody was in cubicles, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little little. Yes, indeed. Place. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so anyway, so. So cubicles went away towards this benching or, you know, you, you basically work where you choose to work and, and you team and you gather, but not, not in your typical six by six cubicle, you gather in various spaces around the the company. And now, now band baby with the bathwater, the whole thing is just thrown out the window. It's like, People are not even being expected to come to a workplace, (laughs) which is, which is for somebody that started working in 1982 is mind blowing. Just mind blowing. Yeah. And it does change the way you think about an office space for sure. I would say it's fascinating for me to consider how the pandemic is going to change things long term. But and I certainly want to get into it with you on how you're seeing the pandemic make any shift. But, you know, what I've seen with our business is we have folks that actually do want to come into the office. They definitely don't want to sit in a cubicle (laughs) for sure. Uh, But they certainly like the idea of having their own space in some way, you know, their own professional space. So that's kind of a trying to find a balance and i'd be curious to kind of get a sense from you how the pandemic has shifted the demand as well as kind of maybe evolved thinking in terms of how you operate your own business well so we we as a company um we've done a variety of different things we've partnered with companies we've partnered with design companies we've tried a number of different formulae to try to figure out this contract furniture business all the while it's you know, and the ground is shifting beneath our feet so so um the dealers in the contract furniture market are absolutely critical because they're the they're kind of the the folks that understand the marketplace better than the company could ever understand it when i was with j and j we would try to understand the consumer and in that case Johnson & Johnson, the brand company, understood the consumer better than Walmart or right. Target or whomever, the retailers. And so we could kind of, we could, we could present to these guys and we could say, you know, the consumer is this, the consumer is that. And they really had no basis for, for challenging our thinking. We had good yeah. market research. Um, and, and in the in the furniture, the commercial furniture business, market research really isn't a thing. Um, mm. You kind of, you sort of learn by customer facing interaction. 
And that's why the dealers are so important. So what we're trying to do as a company is, is concurrently be a little bit product alert as to how we should evolve our product lines, but be extremely dealer centric. That's mm. where we're headed. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, are there certain innovations that are kind of really popping right now, or is it pretty much kind of finding where the solid ground is right now? Well, in terms of innovations, um, probably evolutionary from benching. Um, so so <clears throat> one area of innovation would be the home office, right? Mm -hmm. Because historically, the home office has not been a uh, has not been something that that many people have spent a lot of time thinking about. So there's there's substantial opportunity in figuring out how to make the home office feel better for somebody, however they define that, right? Um, I love that. You know, I mean, I we've been thinking about that, and I imagine it sounds you know it sounds like other companies are thinking about the same types of things, which is in a hybrid work structure, um, what can I offer my colleagues? What can I offer my colleagues that will make that homework experience more satisfying, better, you know, more efficient, more comfortable, et cetera, right? How far, how far should I go? I mean, it's, it, it, it's a really interesting idea. Maybe furniture is a huge thing that I should be, you know, considering. It depends on whether, you know, if you, if you going back to what you said about having that other space, mm -hmm. if you want your home office to feel as, as an other space uh, in your, within your home, then, then yeah, it kind of, it, it's a blank piece of paper, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, another area where we happen to have, we happen to be experimenting right now, largely because we were approached by a company. We have a, we have a very lightweight panel core product. We call it mm -hmm. Revolution. And uh, we were approached by a ballistics company and they wow. said, hey, can you take our bulletproof stuff and, and make a table out of it? And we did. Um, cool. It's called Revolution Shield. And it's uh, basically, it's, it's handgun rated. It's aimed at sudden walk-in handgun violence in unsecured public and private spaces. How about that for positioning? Well, I mean, part of me is sad that we might actually need a product like that, but I mean, certainly it totally makes sense. That's incredible. We're all, we are all, we all have the same emotion on that topic. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, would this ever even be conceived, right? And then yeah. these events keep happening and it's just, it's like a, an ongoing nightmare, recurring nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it's interesting. And I do love that kind of shift that you outlined that evolution from the cubicle to maybe the more open plan structure, maybe the lower cubicles, and then it kind of completely broke down and kind of have these kind of free open spaces. And I walked into an office the other day. And there were no offices. It was just couches. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is, this is fascinating to see how things are shifting so quickly. So tell me a little bit though, Roger. I mean, here we are in 2022. The markets and the world is hopefully coming out of this kind of crazy pandemic we've been going through. You know, what's on the docket for this year with you guys? Um, we are 
uh, one of the things that's that because of it's interesting how much digital technology is driving innovation in a lot of different ways, right? So, so one of the things that's relatively new in the industry is is a 3D digital product configurator. So basically you enable the dealers, the reps, the designers, you enable them to see the product uh, in a digital motion-based way. So all sides, all features, and, and they're, because one of, the, one of the bedrock elements of contract furniture is you get it like you want it, you know, as opposed right. to, as opposed to uh, no offense to retail, as opposed to a retail concept where you walk in and you get whatever is they in the have. retail store. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and even the big digital uh, Amazon Wayfair kinds of companies, they profess to be able to give you what you want, but they, they, there's, there's always got to be that knowledgeable intermediary to help guide you as to what you might do. And that's where these, that's where these contract furniture dealers come in. They, they, they're deeply grounded in, in various product categories, um, all the way to why you would choose this kind of fabric over this kind of fabric, regardless yeah. of color or pattern or whatever. Um, little nuanced things like what's the difference between cut foam and molded foam and, and that sort of thing. And it matters because, because one is more comfortable than the other. And if you're going right. to be sitting in that chair for some number of hours per day, comfort matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I can completely see that. I love the shift in the model where you're essentially focusing on those folks that really know the local market. I mean, Roger, you're living through a massive change in the industry. And I imagine there's a lot of folks that need your guidance and advice. With that in mind, you know, where should they find you if they want to speak with you? Me personally? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and, and that's probably the easiest way to reach me. Um, that's great. It has all the information, the personal profile, the background, um, various connections. My, in a perfect world, um, my, my desire would be to have a LinkedIn network so that if somebody came to me and asked me for a point of view on something, I could refer them to somebody that actually knew something about the subject. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, listen, Roger, the last question I have, you know, I moved recently to Miami. I mentioned this to you before I started and, and just getting furniture was so hard. Are we still having the same supply chain challenges that we were having kind of during the pandemic? It's not dissimilar, Ben. I mean, the, the, yeah. the thing that, one of the things that, that I've, I've, I've commented on on LinkedIn and Twitter is, is we have basically the equivalency of 1919, ironically, the year that our company was started, to 1922-ish, which is this, everything was shut down completely. Right. So now we have this tsunami of demand that's happening. Right. Right. Because we have we've had two and a half, three years of of nobody buying anything, nobody making anything. Yeah. So what happened in the early part of the pandemic, and I speak personally on this because because we have a factory and we make inventory and it all got sucked out of the building in the early part during the during the shutdown period. And nobody was making anything new. So now 
you have the same demand that you always would have had. And it's like this gigantic tidal wave of demand, which wow. is nine months to, to get your couch. Well, I guess that's good for you. I guess, you know, I think that that's probably a good thing for the manufacturers of elements. Uh, you know, I think it probably is trickier for people that are trying to buy things. Uh, you know, I do remember, as I said to the show, when I found out that it was going to take nine months to get a couch, I remember just saying to the guy, what should I do for the next nine months? You know, am I going to be sleeping on the floor here or sitting on the floor? What's going on? But yeah, absolutely. It's a really interesting challenge. Well, Roger, thanks so much for being with us today. We've been speaking with Roger Clark. He is the co-owner of PS Furniture, which is a company focused on flexible commercial furniture. It's been around for a long time, since 1919 but evolved with the times. And we've been talking about actually a lot of the changes in commercial furniture and how companies are thinking about interiors in the office and perhaps in that hybrid office, maybe always extending into the home. So that's actually an interesting twist. Roger, thanks so much for being on Uncaged Day and we look forward to having you back. Yeah, thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers.